From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the heart of Tennessee, with Tennessee and the world at heart, this is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. It's wonderful today for the privilege to be right here on this station, and I welcome you. If you're with us for the very first time, welcome aboard. Do check us out at our Sword of the Lord website. You'll find a lot of things there to explain to you who we are, what we're about. And of course, we're right here five days a week and look forward every day to being here with an open Bible to spend some time with you and others who join us out across North America and literally around the world. So let's get into our study here in just a moment. We're looking at Acts chapter 20 and verse 27 that talks about the whole counsel of God. We're going to be looking at that again today. So don't forget, the National Sword of the Lord Conference is coming July 17 through 20, and we hope that many of you plan to be with us in Walkertown, North Carolina, in the Winston-Salem area. No registration fees. Every seat is a free seat. Bring your family. It is a wonderful, wonderful four days. And the website has information in detail about it. Now look with me at Acts chapter 20 and verse 27. The verse says, For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Now let me reset the stage here. If you've just joined us today for the first time, we've done two days already on this subject. The setting here is the Apostle Paul having a meeting with the leadership of the church in Ephesus, and he is counseling them about how to continue on without him being present, without his leadership. And he's having to deal with some things just like we do. There's some folks today who say, oh, as long as a guy preaches the gospel. Well, we're all in favor of the gospel. But there's more in the Bible than just that. And we need to look at all of it. That's why this passage says, all the counsel of God. Other people say, well, doctrines don't matter. Well, doctrines, that is what we teach. The things that are being taught, they do matter. Absolutely they matter. Makes a great difference. And uh, some folks want to set certain passages in the Bible aside and just say, well, that was for then, but it's not for now. Well, we, we don't buy that. We believe that's not the case. We believe that every page in the Bible has a reason for being there, and it's there for us. Now, yesterday we began to look at some Bible details where we are learning that teaching is a major issue in the New Testament, and Christians do need to be taught. You know, when I went into school the very first time, as a five-year-old lad, I started first grade with uh, no kindergarten or no preschool, any of those kinds of things. I walked in the first day of first grade, and I had a lot to learn. Now, frankly, I still have a lot to learn, but the thing was, then I didn't have any idea about the alphabet. I did not know my numbers. I didn't know any of those kinds of things. But a good lady teacher that I had in my first and second year in school taught me all of those things. And my, oh my, it was just absolutely fascinating that I was getting to learn basic things that would prepare me for adulthood. Same thing in learning a language. 
I mean, whenever you first think about learning Spanish or learning uh, the Bible languages of Greek and Hebrew or any of those kinds of things, I mean, it can just be overwhelming until you begin to get the basics. You get just one little detail after another, and the next thing you know, you are learning things that enable you to navigate and function in the environment where those languages work. Well, it's that way with a new convert. We come to Christ. We hear the gospel. Jesus died. He was buried. He arose from the grave, paid our sin debt, purchased salvation for us. We know that is the gospel. And the Bible tells us if we'll put our trust in him and call on him, he will save us, forgive us, take us to heaven when we die. So that is the wonderful story of the gospel. And whenever we do that, we become a new convert. We become a new Christian. Well, that means we're saved. We are in. Well, once we get in, oh, dear friend, just like going to first grade as a five-year-old boy, just like learning certain languages, I'm telling you, there's lots to learn in the Christian life. So, yes, you're saved when you come to Christ. That means you're in, in the family of God. And being a Christian now becomes another matter. It means that you've got a lot to learn. And really, as a Christian, you need to act like you're in. You are in. But as a Christian, it's important for us to act like we're in. And I don't mean by that pretending at all. I mean, let's shape up the ship. Let's do what a Christian is supposed to do. Now, this passage says that all the counsel of God is important. The Apostle Paul said to those Ephesian leaders, he said, I have not hesitated. I have not shunned this matter. I have taught you all the counsel of God. Now, the reason why we need to take hold of this is because there are people who are peddling things that really just do not measure up. You say, how do you know that? Well, I live in the world where all that goes on, for one thing, but I also learn that from the Bible. For example, if you look at Galatians chapter 2 and verse 4, again, the Apostle Paul writing to those churches in Galatia, and he's talking about Titus. And uh, he mentions him in verse 3, and then he says, And because of false brethren, unawares brought in, who came in privately to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ, that they may bring us into bondage. So what's he saying here? Well, we've got some people. They come on the scene. They get in the church. They get inside in the inner circle. And they really are not real Christians. He calls them false brethren. That simply means they are not saved. That means they are teaching things that are not correct. And here's what happens. Whenever a person gets religious, but they are not saved, they are like a funnel for satanic things. I mean, it's like they become so vulnerable to everything Satan throws at them, and they can mistreat the Bible. I mean, they can misinterpret, miscalculate, and misread and misstate. I mean, they can make a lot of misses in regard to the great truths that are taught in the Bible. And sometimes these folks get very, very adamant, sometimes even angry as they perpetrate these things. And by the way, let me just say here, Anytime that you are challenged about something that you believe, and the only thing you can do is get angry, that tells me you've got a weak argument, either that or you are a very fragile person. The fact is, most of the time, when a person who is religious gets angry upon being confronted about something they're teaching, especially if it's something you hem them up 
with the Bible. I mean, if you tell them, hey, the Bible says exactly the opposite to what you're saying, and if that person gets angry, that tells you they are off the rails, they are not where they need to be. And listen, you don't have to prop up the truth with anger. You just let the truth do its work, state it, repeat it when you need to, but at the same time, don't let anger get into the mix here. But these false brethren, they'll do all kinds of things, and you notice it says they came in unawares. Why is that? Well, they came in masquerading. They came in trying to look like what you expected them to look like, but the fact is they were there as spies for whom? Spies for Satan. They're there with a mischievous agenda. They're there with an evil agenda. And that is something that you have to be aware of. In fact, if you go back to Acts chapter 20 and look at verse 28 in this passage that we're looking at here that has the whole counsel of God's statement in it, verse 28, he says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves, talking to these leaders in the Ephesian church, he says, Take heed unto yourselves and to all the flock, over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. So the responsibility of leaders in a local church is to feed the church. That is, you are to give them full measure the things that they need to have given to them. What are we talking about? We're talking about all the counsel of God. We're talking about teaching them and giving them instruction like we all need to have. And he says, take heed here. Don't slip up on this. Instead, do your duty and give the church folks exactly what they need. Another verse here, verse 29, he says, uh, there are going to be grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. That's these outsiders who are coming in, these false brethren. But then he says that there will be some on the inside, verse 30, and of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after themselves. So they're going to be sometimes trying to pull people out of the church and take off down the street somewhere on an agenda that ought not to be followed. So we do have to be alert. We have to be careful about all of these who would distort the gospel. They would distort the truth. They will tell you things that are not scripturally accurate, and they're trying to take you where you don't need to go. So remember what he says here in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 4, to be aware of these who come in unawares, these false brethren, they're up to no good. Now, let's look at another verse, this time in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. This explains to us something of the purpose behind which we need to get all the counsel of God. Verse 10 says, We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So yes, there is a purpose to teaching all the counsel of God. You know, when a person is a new convert, in fact, if I may refer again to 1 Corinthians 3 that we noted yesterday, where he talked about them not being spiritual, but being carnal, and he said, I've got to treat you like babies. Now, really, a new convert is a baby. A new convert has everything pretty much to learn unless they've got some background already where they've been taught the Bible. So you and I have to recognize that there is a purpose to all of this. 
Why do we insist on looking at every page in the Bible? Why do we insist on teaching the truth, teaching the Word of God, giving out the truth day after day after day? Why do we insist on that? Why do I get on this radio station and deal with these things day after day after day? Because we're trying to build up every single person who claims the name of Christ. We're trying to see every single person develop into a fully blooming Christian. And I mean fully flowered. I mean not just somebody that's embryonic in their faith, but somebody that has blossomed beyond the elementary stages, somebody that is developing maturity, somebody that is really, really on track and thinking like God thinks because they have studied the mind of God in the Word of God, and thus they know what they ought to know. So this passage says, we are His workmanship. Now that word uh, is a bit poetic, based on the Greek text here, and it's just simply saying that the Lord knows how to construct us. He knows how to put things together for us, but at the same time, remember, if we push Him back, if we do not stay surrendered, if we plunge off into carnality, if we head down trails doctrinally where we should not be going, then we're not going to develop. We're going to really uh, cause our growth to be stunted, and it will stymie our ability to serve the Lord. And he says, whenever we're created in Christ Jesus, there is a purpose, and that's for good works. Now, good works don't save. They never have, never will, and they can't. The Lord has said that's not the way you get saved. But when he gets us saved, then he wants us to go to work, and he wants us to be somebody that is a producer for that fruit is showing in our life. And that is a part of God's purpose from day one, according to this verse in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. So, dear friends, all the counsel of God is a big deal, and it's important, and you and I need to lay hold of it. Lord willing, we'll look at this some more tomorrow. But in the meantime, you know I love to hear from you, and I trust that you'll sit down soon and write me a note. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Well, until tomorrow, God bless you. Have a good rest of the day, and goodbye for now.